and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello. Ready for some more conversation? Yay. (laughs) I know today we thought we would talk about something that I don't think a lot of people talk about because um, so many people are gung-ho on, you know, go for it, you know, leap into your business, succeed at all costs. But we want to talk about what if your business is not viable? And what does that even mean? What does a not viable business look like? And how do we let go of it if if it is non-viable? So we thought that this would be a good topic to kind of explore because I think there are people who are in non-viable businesses that could be tweaked and turned, but some of them can't. And I think they can exhaust themselves over years and years of trying to make their business viable when it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this conversation is often happening kind of post-mortem, like after businesses have not worked and really successful entrepreneurs will reflect back on those two, three, four ideas that never went anywhere, right? It's like they'll just be like, oh, yeah, and if I would have given up. But we really don't talk about what if you're in the middle of one of those ideas? What if, right, you know, you have a startup or you have an idea or you have a product, you have something you've launched or maybe you've had it for years How do you know that it is one of those things that you need to let go and move on to your next idea? Because that's like where something is really waiting in the wings for you. So I do think it's just something that we talk about um, after the fact. And kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, we can process that really bad relationship now that we're out of it. But but what do you do went to – what are the signs? What are the signs that the – business, just like there's certain signs that a relationship isn't working, what are the signs that a business isn't viable, that it's not working, and it's better to kind of cut our losses and move on? Yeah, this is so good. Because I th- I think one of the struggles I have with other business coaches is they will oftentimes take on anyone with a business. And instead of looking that not every business is viable, and if you take on some of the business, they're paying you to help them. You're not going to be able to help them because the business model is not viable or the business itself isn't viable. And then it's like, it just perpetuates this whole thing. So for me, this is one of the reasons why I have calls before I take on any clients. I need to be sure, you know, as sure as you can be before you're working with someone that at least their business model, their service, their product, I mean, I only work with services, but you know, it's viable enough that there's something I can do with it. And I think, you know, this is where it's really important because, you know, viable does equal profitable. So, you know, unless you're a nonprofit, 
Okay, I'm not going to speak to sort of that nonprofit model. If you're getting funding from somewhere that you don't have to pay back, that we're going to just put that on the table. That's not the topic we're going to talk about today because that's a totally different sort of conversation. But for most people, they're not getting tons of funding they don't have to pay back. They're either getting loans or they're getting funding or they're investing their own money or they're just investing their sweat equity into their business. And so for those people, a viable business model or a viable business is a profitable one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And for most entrepreneurs, there's this desire to create something new that hasn't existed before. So that means there's high risk that you could put all of that time and effort into something that just simply, it's not that it's a bad idea, but it might just not be a very sustainable business model, right? And because you're kind of doing it for the first time, you're in what design thinking calls sort of the initial prototype, you're in the feedback loop. Mm. It's, I think this is going to get sort of, I just can't help but weave in the topic of being okay with it not working or like being okay with failing fast and moving on because like this is a part of the creative process. The creative process is that you put something out in the world, you see how it's met or if it works. And sometimes it's the business model just isn't sustainable because it's too much output and not enough money that comes in and compensates for all of the time and effort. I mean, one of the ways that the co-working business model still continues to search for viability, it's 13 years (laughs) in the making, but most co-working spaces are still asking like, is this really viable? Because it's based on real estate. And if the real estate market goes up and um, the market's not willing to pay more for not just the space, but for what co-working managers and operators provide, then you don't have a viable product anymore. If the market doesn't want, if your, your current target market doesn't want to pay, it doesn't see value in what you're offering. And that can change. So you can have, you know, business models that um, just out like outgrow their market or their market outgrows them or, you know, there's all sorts of different ways. And I think co-working is an interesting one because it's you see big corporate co-working companies getting funded. So when people see companies like WeWork They're getting funded, but they still haven't proven that they're necessarily that profitable because they still have lots of money um, coming in. And so one thing you have to consider if you're a small entrepreneur and you are self-funding or using um, self-sweat equity, you may actually find out more quickly than someone who's received, say, $10 million in funding. (laughs) Mm. You may find out that your model flips more quickly into like, oh, this isn't sustainable. This isn't working for me. So I think that there are different types of of why models don't work, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. And it's so much better to fail fast than it is to perpetuate a bad business model for years and years and years and years. Because if you fail fast, then you can move on. You can try the next thing. You can try the next business model or the next business. And then you can get profitable more quickly. It is not worth sustaining a non-viable business model. And so, you know, this is where you really should get expertise. I mean, we'll talk about some of the ways 
that businesses are not viable, what that means. And we can look at some of that. But I also think this is where you're better to get an expert in more quickly. If in any way, shape or form, you think your business model is not viable, then you should get an expert in to look at it. Because I know that for me, like I can look at a business pretty quickly and determine whether or not the model itself is going to work. And so if you don't have someone who can expertly look at that, then you can keep, you know, going and going. It's hard, I think, for ourselves to discern because we're attached to what we want to create or to what we see or the need we see or, you know, feedback we've gotten. Um, and, and so you need someone who's really honest and transparent to say, hey, honestly, that business model is not very viable. And, you know, I tell people that all the time. They don't like me very much. Are they? They, I think they appreciate me, but they're like, oh. and sometimes they, they're like, well, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's totally cool. But at least, you know, if you can have someone you trust or have someone who can, you know, really honestly tell you whether or not your business is viable, I, I want to just say that's very important. Yes, yes. And I do like what you're saying as far as having a professional or expert come in because it's great. You can get feedback from friends and family, but they're also involved emotionally. And so their experience of you and your business, they're going to, they can't help but have their own feelings about that. Like if it's your spouse who really wishes you would let it go (laughs) because he wants your attention back, you know, might not give you a very fair answer. Um, Or someone who's just doesn't want to disappoint you, you know, may not tell you that you got to let this thing go. Um, So getting someone who's more neutral that can really look at, so, you know, let's look at your financials. Let's look at energy input and output. Is this Mm -hmm. a business that can be run by one person or is a business that needs to be run by a team, but financially it only brings in enough for one person. Okay, that's a challenge with the model. So can we fix it or is it something just inherently that won't work with this particular um, product or service? So that's really important. And I can't help but bring the parallel again back to relationships that when you're in a abusive relationship or often an unhealthy relationship, you often won't see it as quickly as other people around you will see it. So it is helpful to talk with someone, a neutral person preferably, who can kind of see the red flags, you know? And Mm. red flags in our business can be like where we're depressed and anxious a lot, not just because we're in an entrepreneurial startup, but because there's something out of balance with our quality of life. You no longer have time for self-care. You no longer have time, you know, to spend with your family. You just got divorced because your business is taking everything from you, right? So there's like red flags, just like when Mm. relationships aren't working, that we can have in our businesses as well. Yes. Yes. And so uh, two things I want to sort of break out from that. So one is just to clarify, yes, anybody who is not neutral or objective are not good resources for having them look at whether or not your business is viable. So so definitely don't go that route. And the second thing is don't go look for market research in terms of a survey. I see this in Facebook groups all the time. Hey, is this product viable? Is don't do that. <laughs> like a survey, a mass, you know, question that lots of people answer, no one is invested enough to give you a real answer. So you you will not get correct market coverage. And we've talked about this before as Laura and I did with them Soma Vita because we 
totally were like, oh, childcare. And everybody was like, yes, I would love childcare. And we wasted a lot of money. <laughs> to yes, because nobody paid for it, although they nobody all thought it was a great it. idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So don't go to people who are not objective and don't go to sort of a mass market survey, all of those things. Neither of those are, are good for helping you determine whether or not your business model is viable. So let's, let's just sort of wrap up with that. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, off of what you were saying is, I think we have to look at sort of two components with regards to a viable business. One is profitability, which we've mentioned. The other is sustainability. Because if we're not able to sustain what is happening in our business or what we've created or what we're doing, then that also is not a viable business model. So see, they're both important because you could have a profitable business model that's not sustainable and you could have a sustainable business model that's not profitable. And so, you know, either way, you really have to to look at both aspects. And I don't think a lot of people talk about both. They talk usually about profitability and definitely from the masculine viewpoint, they're, they're you know, if you go to say, say a, a masculine, you know, like a man or, you know, sort of traditional ways of looking at business, they're just going to be looking at profitability. So, you know, you definitely want to sort of look at both. Yeah. I'm really um, glad you're mentioning that balance because yes, like that sometimes the end all be all, if you're just really profitable, everything else will come into place. But no, it has to fit your needs. Like how do you want, like and what is sustainability? Sustainability means that it can sustain, like you can sustain your energy, your yep. um, work-life integration and balance, whatever it is that that is your quality of life, like that it can happen while you run this business, while you operate this business. And yes, the first couple of years of any business, three to five years, um, three, they say, you know, to expect for any business to get off the ground five if it's an innovative business, and I can definitely contest to that, definitely five to six years to figure out what was going on with Soma Vida. And, you know, so you put your time and energy into some of these models, but you have to constantly be assessing. And I did that even along the way as I looked towards my model not being as profitable as I wanted. I was still like, but is it profitable enough? Do I still have my needs met? Okay, maybe it's not making enough money, but it pays for itself now. So, okay, I can continue forward. Now what's the next thing? Can I make more money? Um, or if I'm going to make more money or take – if I'm going to make less money, can I give that money to someone else to run the business so that then I have higher quality of life and more sustainable energy, right? So there's like different ways. Um, and I think that one of the things that I want to speak to when I was saying like there's different business models and they – it's not personal sometimes. Like when a business model yeah. doesn't work, it doesn't mean that your idea wasn't great or even the yeah. problem that you're trying to solve wasn't so admirable and really a problem. It still depends on whether the market out there is ready. Like are people looking for that solution? Are they willing to pay for that solution? Yes. You know? Yes. And and that's just it. Like, I mean, sometimes I can just look at someone and say, it, like, take away your particular beautiful gift or whatever it is, like, just your business model is not viable, period. And I think that's the, that's the thing. I mean, there is sort of, you know, several components. If you look at the profitability or even the sustainability, there's part of it, which is just based on the business model. And when we talk about business models, you know, we're really looking at 
how do you make money? How do you sell things? How do you deliver? So there's like, there's all these components to a business model, right? So who's your target market? What is the offering or service that you're doing? How do you deliver it so that it's sustainable, you know, and how do you repeat, you know, and, and what does that all sort of look like? And that's a business model, right? So it's, it's the profit. It's not just the profitability in my opinion, although some people believe it is. Um, but one of the reasons why, like, for instance, in my business, I will only focus on one particular business model. And if someone isn't aligned with it, they don't become a client of mine. And the reason I focus on that one solid business model is because it is the most profitable and sustainable business model that I've found for service businesses at this point. So I think, you know, I know that the business model itself will work for anyone that fits the criteria that I'm looking for. So then it becomes the person has to do the work for that to be profitable and sustainable for them. But at least the business model is solid. And that's sort of why I look at it. But there are a lot of business models that are just never going to be profitable. You know, um, one of those things that I think is becoming that way right now is online programs, you know, just like passive, you know, online programs where people are trying to make money and it's low cost and they're selling, you know, like membership sites or whatever for this low amount of money. And there's no real coaching involved. That's one of the business models that I think is, you know, not is moving and approaching the area of non-viability. If you really look at how many people have put out online courses now hoping to have, you know, passive income, which there's no passive income, we've talked about it many times, but hoping to have some kind of passive income or freedom or sit on the beach while it's selling. Um, you'll see that very few people are succeeding with that anymore. And, you know, they might get some of that into then convert and they're good if they're good at conversion to a higher, you know, profitable model, but they're not making high profit or have a sustainable model with just the course itself. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, doesn't matter how good your course is, right? you know, yes. it's, it's more of it's a non-viable model. It's like, we've kind of tested that market because everyone thought mm. that, oh, people are online so often that they're going to want to just pay like a smaller amount and get all the yeah. goods. But actually people are kind of overwhelmed by everything online. So once they're done with just the basics, they want to hop off and they're fine. And we're also finding more and more people seeking in-person connections. Yes. And yeah. so if they're going to join a group, they're now actually starting to go back to more traditional gatherings. Like I'm going to go join a book group. I'm going to go yeah. and find like a circle of women in my t community and go to that every Tuesday night or go to a, the yoga studio. So there's a little bit more, you know, of change in the market. Again, that's about the viability. Something might have worked for a few mm. people for a certain amount of time and it was great. Yep. There's no contesting it. it. It worked. But then things change, technology changes, um, the psychology of the masses changes, what people want, what's trending. And you yep. see very successful businesses um, that have been, you know, behemoths in a certain industry. And in recent years, we're seeing like a lot of the big box retail spaces are closing, they're going out of business, yep. or they're having to change and pivot their models drastically, not because that wasn't a viable model at some point, but because it had to evolve. And so that's the yeah. other thing is we as solo entrepreneurs are not um, going to escape from that same conundrum. We have to also be looking at, okay, I'm viable now. 
what trends are happening, what's shifting, what does my um, ideal client want, and can I pivot and I, can I do things differently in my business? So I, I think that's speaking to a, a second issue of just keeping your business viable. So maybe you have been, but you're struggling and you're like, gosh, it's just this not viable anymore. And in some cases, it just may not be viable because it's not sustainable or profitable, or it may be time for a drastic shift. And are you okay with that? Because you may not be. You may not want to make that change. Um, I know like for Whole Foods to be bought out by Amazon, that was a huge thing for their culture. And they had yeah. to decide, are we willing to stay alive, you know, to go online because they knew that that shopping and grocery shopping is becoming a delivery service. So they had yeah. to decide, you know, are they going to pivot or do they just go ahead and close because they wanted to stay you know, to their original, which I miss the old Whole Foods, I will say that, but you know, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but you well, got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And look, I think this is absolutely true. I work with so many people who've been in business for years, who, what they did years ago was viable that they could, you know, get referrals and word of mouth and, or get, but, but the way that they function prior is no longer a viable business model in today's marketplace. And see, that's the thing is that and this is why I say get expertise because you need someone who is across what's happening in the marketplace. What I did five years ago even is no longer viable in today's marketplace. And so, you know, I think this is the the key components is you have to be really understanding that sometimes it's just not a viable business model. Sometimes it's because of the market. Sometimes it's because of the shifts and changes that have happened, you know, but either way, we've got to look at and begin to more quickly assess when what we're doing is not viable so that we can save ourselves. Because what I do see constantly is, is women exhausted, women beating themselves up, women struggling, families struggling, all of the struggle because they just didn't recognize early enough that either they could pivot, which is what I do with a lot of people is pivot them, or whether they just need to let go and yeah. go get a job or let, let it go, go and start something and else. Start something else. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Because the sooner you can let it go, that frees up your energy for the next thing. And sometimes we are under obligations and we have to ride those out or pay the bills or whatever you got to do. If you have a contract or something, you're still in, you've got clients yeah. that are in contracts. But start thinking about if you start realizing it's not viable, how do you start letting go? And once you know, the sooner, and it's again like a relationship, once you know that relationship isn't working, it's better to just end it quickly and let that person know and move on rather than to just draw it out and go back and forth and back and forth. Like that is the painful stuff. And it's the same in our business. And I think yes. that also something like I wanted to say because you ta started talking about you're exhausted. It's like how do you know? One of the things that I, I just want to speak to is when you start – checking in with yourself. So not just looking at that profit mm -hmm. loss statement, because yes, yeah. you can read the numbers, their roadmap, they do tell you whether something is going well or not, but also just put the books to the side for a little bit, check in more internally with how are you feeling in this business? Are you still excited? You know, do mm. you still have that hope, that buzz? Does your energy lift or do you just feel completely burdened? Do you feel discouraged and just like this weight on your shoulders every time you think about your business? Notice little unconscious slips like when you're talking about your business and you're like saying things, you're like, oh, I just said that about my business. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like listen to those unconscious cues in your emotions and in your body because you may not want to hear those things, 
But if you slow down and listen to your wise self, you may get some clarity there that might not be something you've noticed before. And you may have just been focused on like the actual, you know, the paperwork and the the function and form of your business. But check in intuitively with what you're feeling in your body, what's going on with your own energy levels, because that can tell you right there um, if something is, you know, working or something is off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tricky because I think sometimes it's just a few tweaks that could happen that would really change that energy level that you have. But sometimes it's just not sustainable what you're creating. And so, you know, if we break it down to a few areas you can look at, I do think that um, where a lot of women need to start is the profitability because, you know, although men are way more apt to look at their profit and loss and to look at their numbers, women are not. And so many business owners that I know and the women that come to me and the women even that I talk to on the phone, they don't know any of their numbers. They really don't know how much profit they're making. They really don't know how much their expenses are versus their yeah. sales. They really have no clue. Yeah. And, and I've been guilty of I this know. for years. And I years admitted, and remember, I was like, I think a couple of episodes ago, I was like, it would have been helpful if I didn't wait until like just three years ago to yeah. actually start looking at all my reports, <laughs> understanding how to exactly. read my financials. <laughs> totally. And so I think, you know, for you to look at is your business viable, I think a good place to start is your financials. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you don't have to whip out your zero or your, you know, QuickBooks and, you know, go through massive tax stuff. Like you can just make it really simple. You know, you can go look at your bank account. What money did I bring in last month? You know, maybe look at the last six months. Okay. What money did I bring in each of those six months and what were my expenses? And then you really have to look at it in terms of, um, the business model that you have. So for instance, for service businesses, I work on a high profit model because, I want my my women to be sustainable. So for me, it's about having more profit and, and spending less time. So I look at sort of high value programs or way more impactful programs that you're creating where you're doing some one-to-one with people and that's, that's you know, what you can do. Sort of the next thing down from that in services is say workshops. So I talk to a lot of people who love doing workshops and that's great, but it's a less viable business model. And so, you know, when you, when someone comes to me and they're like, oh, but I can make this much money, you know, in a couple hours. And I'm like, yes, but you have to market for this long before you can get people in. If those people aren't converting to a high value program, then you're just, and you're just trying to make money off of that. You might make say a thousand dollars even in a day, but you might only on a viable level be able to do say one, you know, workshop a month with all the marketing involved. So then that's just a thousand dollar profit a month. (laughs) Like that's not doable. And so I tell people like, if you break it down and look at how many workshops do you have to have, how many people do you have to have in the workshops in order to make it a viable business model? Most people are like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not sustainable for me to do, uh, you know, a workshop every single weekend as an example. So, you know, you just, and, and same with when people are doing, say like the online courses, they're selling $79. I'm like, how many people do you have to get in there to make it? Well, there's about 5 million other people offering the same thing or similar to what you're offering. So you're vying with all these people in online programs, you know, getting that many people in on a constant basis also requires a huge amount of marketing. And so, you know, these are some of the things. So starting with sort of like your profit and expenses and the viability of 
just the financials is a really good place to start. Yes. And so many therapists are guilty of this, of where they don't even ever look at their overhead before pricing. So what they'll do, you know, it's just like, well, everybody here, you know, charges between like 85 to 225. Okay. So the, I'm this I'm this experience, so I'm going to charge right here in the middle. And they just set their price based on what the other people are charging in their community. But they don't look at, well, but how much is it going to cost? So you your overhead for your rent and your utilities and your website and your marketing. And, hey, you've got that lifestyle shoot that you're going to do for your new website. And then you've got your business yeah. cards. And then you've got your massage and your own therapy. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's like – those are all really important starter. Like that's how much it's going to cost to run a sustainable business for you. Yes. So then what would you have to produce every month to be able to meet those needs? And I think that, you know, for a lot of health and wellness practitioners, they don't, they go the other way with it. They just set pricing. They start looking at how much that they're going to make. And then they try to make choices about how to spend for their business expense. That's not sustainable because any sustainable business, you need to be able to count on what that is every month. You kind of need to know how much am I going to be spending just to keep this thing alive, to keep it out in the world. Exactly. And and I think, you know, the other thing you have to look at in terms of sort of the profitable business model and, and the numbers and all of that is you have to look at, don't sort of look at it Um, at the top percentage of, you know, what you can hold. So in other words, like I think Laura and I made this mistake with Soma Vita. We're like, okay, what's the max capacity we can have? Let's base our projections on the max capacity, right? And, And not really taking into account that very rarely do you have a max capacity. Like, do you get that many? So for instance, if you're like, oh, I can hold 10 people, you know, well then base your financial projections. Is it still profitable at seven? Right. You know, because I think that's the same with like people who are filling workshops and things like that. They're looking out. Oh, well, if I get, you know, all 20 seats filled in the room, then this is my profit model. Yeah. But what if you don't, you know? And so like, I think you have to look at, is it viable at 70% of capacity versus a hundred percent of capacity? So I think these are all things on sort of a profitable, you know, business model we have to be looking at. And, you know, we're talking very simplistically. I mean, and I, and this is the way I function. Like, I'm not really someone who's going to analyze your financials and look at every detail. We're not financial advisors. We're going to, we're going to outsource that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But what I can do is just be able to sort of tell you, and this Mm -hmm. is what you can find someone else to do is, you know, is ultimately that's a really hard model to work with. Right. You know, are, it's a really good model to work with. Yes. Yeah, and just looking at logistics. Like, I know some entrepreneurs who go into products. Um, they're really talented, mm. really creative, Ugh. can create just these beautiful handmade products. But then they start looking into distribution, manufacturing. I mean, that yeah. world is big. Ugh. And it's yeah. got a lot of pieces. So you can't just simply look at, well, this is how much it costs me to hand make this item. And I'm going to go sell it here online. If you're going to grow that business you need to think, well, where will I manufacture that? And how will I just distribute? And how will that, how much will that cost? And I think that these are, like you said, reasons why you don't have to do all that work yourself, like finding, and if you, if you're really at the beginning stages of, of something and you're not sure is this viable or not, I don't have a lot of money. You've probably even have friends in your network. You probably have someone who is good with numbers. You probably have some people, and this goes back to, you know, not 
speaking to your your spouse to yeah. to get an opinion <laughs> about it being viable. But you know, there's people within your community that might be able to help, or even just organizations here in the States, there's something called SCORE, which is a entrepreneurial like mentorship program where retired corporate execs tend to like give back to small businesses. And they, yeah. those people have a lot of skills. So they don't feel like asking for help is just another expense because there are creative ways to make sure that, you know, that you're getting that getting that help for not having to spend crazy amounts of money. And then the other thing I was going to say about that was um, something similar about resource, just remembering your resources, remembering to ask for help. And the other thing will come back to me later. Yeah. And and look, a lot of business coaches will do a free call before you have to hire them. And so Mm -hmm. they can also, as an example, like offer you a free resource. Like I'm not going to take on any client who doesn't have a viable business model. So, you know, I get to give that free advice and be like, yeah, you don't have a viable business model. And then they can go off and do something, you know? So, so there are quite a lot of people that can also help in that area, but I think you're just better off, you know, really getting someone. I mean, it's great if you can bring your numbers to a meeting with someone, right? So, you know, getting your numbers done first are really helpful, even in a very simplified way for yourself. Because I do think, you know, what you don't often realize in the service industry, the people that are charging the least are usually those who don't have a viable business model. That's why they're charging the least. They haven't really thought about what that is long-term. They haven't thought about their expenses. And the ones charging the most, they've got a more viable business model. You know, they, and of course there's, you know, exorbitant amounts of services these days. But I think, you know, really smart um, business owners, smart and entrepreneurs, they've calculated their costs. I mean, I have a huge amount of costs every month. You know, they calculate their costs in their product, in the way they deliver, in the impact they make, and they're able to price their services accordingly. And this is why you shouldn't always go for a low cost service or product, because oftentimes they're not viable, they're not sustainable, they haven't had the research or the experience. You know, so for instance, with business coaches, if they're cheap, then they're probably not been in business very long, in which case they really don't know how to help you in a, in a good way. So I think, you know, we, we there's, a, there's of course, other facets to this, but I think that's really important. So we've sort of talked now about the, the you know, profitability and the numbers and all of that, but maybe let's slide now because we have talked a little bit about this, but then the also part of viability is the sustainability. So you might have an amazing, you know, profitable business model, but it's not sustainable. And there's a lot of components to that. And one component that I teach that I think is really important is it needs to like be able to hold your attention and interest and passion for a long time. So if you can't see yourself doing what you're doing in 10 years, you know, then it's probably not viable. Yes. Yes. And then we get back into more of the emotional and mm. like relational piece of it to your business. Yeah. Like, is it something that you feel really connected to that you're passionate about. And we're all going to go up and down. We've talked about ebbs and flows. There are different seasons to how we feel about our business. Just because you have one day where you're exhausted um, doesn't mean that it's not viable. But if you're having reoccurring days in which you're completely exhausted and overwhelmed and things aren't working, it's just time to reassess and reflect. And again, it's it's similar to um, when people come to me and they struggle with anxiety and depression, then I'm asking them, how often? How often are you feeling this? 
Is it interfering with basic functioning? So, you know, are you not sleeping? You're not eating? You're not able to get to work? So it's kind of the same thing like with your business when you think, oh, this isn't viable. How often are you struggling? What are other areas in your life that it's impacting? So your health and wellness, you're on the verge of a physical breakdown. You've got some serious health problems that you're ignoring. Yeah, That might be a time to look at the viability of the business or at least having someone step in and help you. Um, and so looking at those aspects of the sustainability, because as a solopreneur as well, many of us, you know, our well-being is the well-being of the business. It's like mm-hmm. we are a direct reflection of that. And yeah. if, again, if it's something that depends heavenly, heavily on you and you need to step out, you have something happening in your life, then it may be a model that needs to pivot to where someone else can come in and take over. Or you let that go that iteration go and you wait and you take your moment and do everything and then you come back fresh with your next you know after that feedback loop you've got a new prototype a new and improved design for a business that might be more successful or viable so yeah 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 and i think you know we do have to look at our energy because i mean sustainability is about how long we can do it and i think you know ebbs and flows and up and and down is totally normal. And so you're going to have times of busyness and you're going to have times where you're implementing something or you're doing something new and it's going to be more, you know, harder, a more of a hard slog. But I think if that is continuing long into the future, you have to look at it not being viable. Like it's not sustainable that we're still running into the ground in five years, you know, like, and there are people who are doing it. You know, there are people who've been in business for years and years with no profit. And I think, you know, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting sort of piece because one of the problems is we need to be able to diagnose what it actually is, right? So when I'm looking at someone's business as an example, I'm having to diagnose, you know, is it that they're just misaligned? So, you know, a little a little more alignment and they would be it would be more sustainable to them. Is it a bad business model, which just means like all that has to change if it's a bad business model. You know, is it that they're, they're just not, they haven't learned to manage their energy, which is a totally different thing. So it's like, you've got to apply the right solution to the right problem and you have to know what that problem is. So, you know, I guess, you know, part of, it's impossible for us to obviously be able to diagnose your business over this podcast, you know, or even to give you all the signs because it's going to be really different for each person. But what I hope we're highlighting in this podcast is that if you feel, if there's a feeling that it's not viable or you haven't done your profit and loss and your your numbers, that you'll take some time and some attention to really look at it and get support with it. Because what we don't want to, to keep perpetuating is your exhaustion and your hope. And you know, this is what I see like in, on, you know, in social media all the time is like someone's like, oh, should I give up my business? And then everyone's like, no, don't give up go girl you can do it and there's like thousands of comments that are just like do it do it and I'm like hey has anyone asked her if it's viable asked her if she's capable of continuing so you know what I want to do is at least highlight that if you feel like your business might not be viable get some help and that it's okay that you are more than good enough and that brilliant people have to (laughs) let things go that weren't working in order to get to the next brilliant thing. And we live in that culture that's part of that. You go, you've got this, do it. You know, that it's, it's great that we have that enthusiasm, 
But it's also because we have this culture of always going, always pushing, just keep, you know, racing to that finish line. And both you and I are so much champions for take the break, feel amazing about it, no apologies, no judgment. Just do what you have to do because then you're that much closer to what it – like the really right thing. Like if it's not right – let it go. And yes, yes, just like it's so hard to break up with someone you invested five years of your life with <laughs> and you're dating them and you're like, oh, shoot, you're not the right person. I got to let you go. There's a lot of grief. And I want to speak to that too, like letting go of something that mm-hmm. isn't viable is never easy. It takes letting it go with an open heart, get the cries out, ask for help, let people know how you feel. But then once you move that energy out, then you've opened the door to something really new and amazing and exciting to come in. And then you'll be that person on stage talking about that fast fail that you're so grateful that you just did it and you let it go because now you're where you are and now you've learned the lessons that you're so grateful that you learned, right? Yes. Yes. I think that's amazing. And I actually think that's where we should end today. So thank you all for joining us. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.